We're gonna write a book about everything. So many things that we can explore. Documented in a series of podcasts. I'm not sure what we're doing this for. Flat 29's big book of everything. Burn all the textbooks because they're obsolete. It's our attempt to rewrite history by making podcasts every other week. Hi, I'm old man Dan. I'm rapidly approaching my centenary Charlie. And I'm retired Rich. And we are collectively known as Flat 29. Every other week we add a new chapter to our big book of everything, gradually building up a comprehensive guide to everything in and around our universe. This week is chapter 12, The Elderly. Before we begin this chapter of our big book of everything, we've got a quick recap of what happened in the previous chapter in the form of a rave. We're going to call this our rave recap. Flat 29 rave recap. The blind love tinfoil. I shit you not. What are you suggesting Penny Crayon does? Train the rats. Nipple the bra. Ban things like just for men. You can never have enough wet bacon. You're giving somebody a high-powered piss hose, Rich. What do you think is going to happen? That was banging. And now, on with the show. So, grandparents. We haven't got too many of them left between us, but uh, what were they like? Did you get on well with them? Well, one of mine, I, uh, I once took carol singing. Um, in the square where she lived and uh, she wasn't really one for singing that much so uh, she took along her own mug filled it up with mild wine and got progressively drunk along with me I can see where you get it from Charlie Was she like one of these uh, girls from the advert where it says you wouldn't start the night like this so why end it like it? (laughs) Did it end up with your grandma covered in her own sick in the back of a tube? (laughs) No, she totted around on her Zimmer frame around the square and... uh, you know, Jack Straw was there, so she went and had a little chat with him. And sort of... That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Getting pissed and talking to Jack Straw. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, my grandma's a German grandma, actually, that she met my granddad during the war. It was all very romantic and lovely. But my favourite thing about my granddad is that he convinced my German grandma that he wrote the song White Christmas. <laughs> and she actually <laughs> believed this for a number of years, like a long time, <laughs> basically. She, he was sort of sitting there one time at Christmas and just started going I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and she was like that's a good song and he thought he just went yeah I just just, just came to me I just made it up like, well, that's brilliant you should sell it oh, well maybe who knows just like the ones I used to know <laughs> and so she believed that for, for years and years actually until it was revealed to her uh, later in life maybe your granddad did white well, that's hard to say maybe your oh uh, Let's move on. Move on. (laughs) I know what you're trying to say, though, Rich, and he didn't. White, white, right, white Christmas. Right, white Christmas. That's hard. Did I ever tell you guys about my uh, fiancé's granddad when I first met him and he started telling me some jokes and he said, oh, Rich, you could use that in your routine. (laughs) I love this story. So apparently he assumes that you were a stand-up comedian. Did you ever tell him that you were a stand-up comedian or did he just assume it from your general demeanour? He knew I I think they told him that I did music and stuff like that but I right. think he thought like I was
always a general all-round entertainer, like a Bruce Forsyth or something. <laughs> in many ways, Rich, you are. Yeah, you just started reeling off these jokes and go, oh, you could use them in your act, Rich. <laughs> and you still do. Can I have a gigabyte of your sandwich? Upload it to my stomach if you please. Do you guys ever sometimes start to feel like you're getting old? I mean, obviously this might sound a bit weird and or offensive to some of our listeners, as objectively speaking, we're not really that old between us, around about kind of 24, 25. But I think sometimes everyone gets that feeling every now and again, sometimes that old age is approaching them. I mean, for me, when I found out that uh, my girlfriend's young person's rail card was going to run out in December, that seemed like a big blow. You can get them to your 20 stakes, can't you? Yep, and she's 26 in December. Oh, Gushed she me. is old. So <laughs> that's it. And I mean, we're going, what we're going to do is later on in the year, we're going to go on a blowout railway tour of the UK, and it's going to be immense. Oh, and I'm yeah. sure we're going to document it in this podcast. In some are, way. are you going to kind of sit there with your coat on for the entire journey in a bag of sweets? And you can't take any technology to sit there with your memories. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how, have you ever seen old people on the railway? That's what they that do. Is they what just they sit do. there quietly in a corner. What really pisses me off is when they've got, they sit there with their memories, and that means you can't sit down because they're taking up a whole other seat with their memories. <laughs> with all their emotional baggage. Bloody memories. <laughs> Excuse me, no emotional baggage on the seats, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, they don't. I think old people are, are usually fairly, they sort of keep to their own space, don't they, when you sit next to an old person on a train? They tend to be far better behaved than the youth of today. Oh, Charlie, old man, here we go. <laughs> what? My, my back and my knees are already giving out, my hairline's receding, I'm pretty much there. <laughs> <laughs> I started getting worried the other day because I found a grey hair just above my left ear. Oh. What did you do? Did you pull it out or did you get out the marker pen? I just had to tell everyone. I didn't. I haven't <laughs> pulled it out. I wear it with pride. Oh, good. You know what? If that whole area gets grey, then you're going to look like Mr. Fantastic out of the Fantastic exactly. Four. Exactly. That is a good so, look. I'm quite looking forward to getting old in a way. Well, what are we going to be like when we're old, do you think? What are you most looking forward about getting old? But I, I think for me, the best thing about getting old is people aren't going to start questioning when I become opinionated. You're going to grow into your personality, Charlie, basically. <laughs> your body's going to catch up with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I'm looking forward to growing old because I'm pretty attractive now. <laughs> it's only going better. And um, some men do grow into their looks, but some don't. Think I'll grow out of mine. I think you've got quite a boyish charm, though, Rich. And how's that going to look in older uh, age? I don't but know. It's look like an old baby. I think when I'm old, I'm going to be like Ivy Bean. Do you know Ivy Bean? No. She's a 104-year-old who is also uh, a massively popular Twitter user. Oh, She's her. amazing. Yeah. Uh, mainly talks about things like what she's having to, for tea and meeting Peter Andre. And so that's what I'm going to do, I reckon. Are you going to find the latest technological fad and just... Yeah, basically, yeah. But uh, it's, it works out well. Everyone loves Ivy Bean. How could you not? She's adorable. Talking of Andre, I think maybe, you know, you get a letter from the Queen when you're 100. Yeah. And that's something to look forward to. She'll be long gone. Who are we getting letters from? I think we should be getting letters from Andre. Under what authority? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's he's insania. someone who's perpetually young, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it is insania, you're right. <laughs> that qualifies him more than most. What I could do is rework his popular hit for the whole Becoming a Hundred thing. So you'd be like, whoa, you're a hundred years old. I, I want to get, get close to you. To you. <laughs> maybe not that bit, but maybe. Well, Rich, <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of stepping on the toes of my song this week. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll step back. I'll step back. I think then this is as good a time as any to get into our song this week. So let's hit it with some flat twenty rhymes. It's time for another flat 29 hit A comedy song and then we'll talk for a bit Damn girl, you're looking flat 20 fine But when we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes To all my people over 80, dropping flat 20 rhymes And let me see your hands in the air Every time if you're physically able Then get out your seat, otherwise just sit there and shuffle your feet Flat 20 Rhymes is the section where every chapter we do a brand new song based on the topic. So this week's song is kind of based on a concept which uh, was mentioned on another podcast actually this week, a podcast called Answer Me This. Some of you guys might listen to that. But anyway, they they mentioned the concept of uh, whether you can tell if an old person used to be hot, basically. And I've kind of taken the idea and run with it and put it into song format. So this song is about an old person who used to be quite hot and it's just kind of working out whether they were or not i should point out that i wrote this song but i couldn't actually sing the chorus so i sent it over to rich to do the chorus for me he hasn't actually heard the full song yet but uh, he sung the chorus for me so here is my song marjorie i get a funny feeling when you look at me baby i can see What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. I'm Marjorie. What do you make me feel so tingly? You might be 83, but why doesn't it seem wrong? You at the post office late last week I was standing behind you when you smelled so sweet like potpourri All having the glade plug in, there's something about you girl Got me wondering what is wrong with me I'm no Gerontophile, but when I see you looking back at me I've got to smile The only conclusion that I've got Is that you're an old lady that used to be hot What secrets lie behind those eyes? Every time I see you and my body says yes Even though my mind says no I just can't stop myself from calling out bingo It's always a pleasure to witness All the echoes of your former fitness And surely it's about what's underneath So I can look past your grey hair and false teeth Your artificial hip and your dodgy knee And I can see the smoking hottie that you used to be I bet back in the day you used to stop men in their tracks But now they're only stopping to carry some of your shopping Girl, I wanna give you a bit of a stroke But I can't in case I literally give you a stroke And let me get it straight, I'm not weird or crazy I wouldn't look twice at most old ladies There's something that they're lacking but it's something you've got Cause you're an old lady that used to be hot Perfect couple. But when 
were my age, I was minus 59, and it just never would have worked out. Still, how about next Wednesday? I come round yours, we play a bit of bridge, maybe watch Columbo, and we'll take it from there. Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> At the end, I just thought, it's missing something from the chorus. I know, I'll just go through the whole thing and go, uh, uh. That's, that's one of my favourite bits, just the, uh. Uh, uh, that's brilliant. Podcast. Do you guys ever do that thing where when you were younger, maybe you went as a class with your school uh, to an old people's home to sort of sing some songs, do some little skits maybe to sort of entertain the elderly? Did you guys ever do that? What we used to do was we used to do plays and we did special performances for what in our village is called the Friendly Club. <laughs> that sounds lame. <laughs> but yeah, so you you did some plays. Because yeah, I did that as well. We went and performed some stuff for the old people and they love it, the the, the elderly. They love seeing some kids uh, just doing some things, don't they? They love seeing kids doing things. Is that a fair comment? They do. But in the spirit of doing things for old people, let's do a thing now. We've got a play here. I've commissioned Charlie to write us a play that we can perform to the elderly. Now, I should point out that neither me or rich have actually read this play yet we're basically charlie sent it to us we're going to perform it as we go so charlie is there anything we should know about this play before we crack on and just start going into it no that's about it really i mean it's it's uh, an adventurous tale with um old school standards and uh, jokes hopefully cool you know I've, I've really gone for rather than the modern sense of humor i've I tried to fit in something that will appeal to the older generation as right so strap in old people <laughs> We're going to blow your fucking socks off. Fucking Here we go. <laughs> it's a good way to start any play. Yeah. So now, Flat 29 presents a radio play for the elderly. Oh, Grandmama, that really was a most exquisite luncheon. But perhaps before we move on to the final course, Alfred and myself, we might be able to perform a short play for you to repay for your hospitality. Oh yes, do let us. I do think it would be very much to your taste. And yours too, Papa. Now children, behave. This is not the time for such jovial nonsense. We are here to enjoy this sumptuous meal and should not have to pay folly to your whims for entertainment. If you do not desist this instant, I shall be forced to remove my belt, albeit the lifeline find modesty, and give you a damn good thrashing. <laughs> no, no, Edgar. Don't go getting yourself into such a state. A play would be lovely, dearies. Just make sure you're ready for jelly and ice cream afterwards. She scares me. <laughs> <laughs> She's a bloody terrifying old woman. Hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> Hurrah. No, so we're now in the play within the play section. Is that right, Charlie? Yes, we are. <laughs> this, is, this is Charlie's Shakespearean ambition coming out. So we've, set, we've got the setup. Now the play within a play. We present a dramatisation of Rudyard exceedingly good Kipling's so what story? How the elderly got their wrinkles. <laughs> the year is 1907. Here, in the confines of this high-backed, leather-bound armchair, I begin to recount another tale from my youthful adventures. Hang on, are we now in a play within a play within a play? <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is far too confusing for the old people, Charlie. This is what? My name is Montague Fitzpatrick Elrond St. Patrick II. Percy to my friends, and I am the hero of this tale. 
The year is 1837, and I've been challenged with a quest once more. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you that I, Percy, has been challenged to discover the Fountain of Youth. I have been handicapped in my quest by an irritating companion, as well as my regular lackey, Hans... Doing his trousers. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's like the person shouting in from the... Doing his trousers. An orphan of dubious geographical origin. I have also been saddled with someone of the weaker gender. A female, if you will. Who did... <laughs> <laughs> Who is to be the millstone about my neck? <laughs> Hello, I'm Hans. Yes, yes, we know who you are. And for God's sakes, will you stop doing that? I am Elizabeth Come Gently, virgin daughter of the seventh Earl of Cunning on the Lingus. That's it. And I'm here to fulfill my role as token helpless female. Oh, woe and alas is me. We set off at once for distant lands. I must be nearly there, for we have been travelling for what feels like forever, and I am airsick and feeble. Of course we aren't. We only left London at the end of my last sentence, and shall not be there until Hans has said his next line. Percy, is that not the very place we are heading for on the horizon? <laughs> yes, I do believe you're correct, Hans. And will you please stop doing that, when we are all so close together? Now let's go into that cave... Get some Fountain of Youth water and get out of here. Hold on. Who's that? Well, I must say, this is lovely. Wouldn't you say so, Rubber Ducky? Quack. <laughs> yes, I do agree. The water is lovely. I feel so wonderfully refreshed. I just want to quickly point out that Rich's uh, duck performance there went unnoticed, but it was very good, Rich. I just wanted to tell you. Well, there was no screen, no, there was no notes on there to say, do it like a duck. <laughs> so you quack. just read the word I quack. I did, yeah. You I read could... it well. Do you want me to do it again? <laughs> no, it's good. Okay. I like it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Would you mind passing me the soap? I, I have become quite wrinkled. And I've been in here for such a very, very long time. Yes, I must say, you are quite wrinkled. And the waters of the Fountain of Youth, that can't be a good thing. And with that, I've shot him dead. Bang! <laughs> but it was too late. From then on, all youthful complexions started to fade into the haggard features you hear before you. But there is more to this tale. For oh, we still really? had to escape the Fountain's guardian. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here, then? I'm old Nick the Griffin, I am. And I guard this here fountain from the likes of you. Come now, Mr Griffin. I don't think that sort of behaviour we need to be fostering here in the British Empire. And who are you to be saying such things? This little lad is not welcome. And it is about time for my lunch. Help me, for he is eating me, even as I speak. <laughs> oh, whoa! Oh, whoa! Ah, 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 oh. Good improv. <laughs> nice. Now, really, Mr. Griffin, I don't think that was at all necessary. Take that! Oh, you've hit me! That is correct. I have struck you with Her Majesty's weapon for the forces of the Empire. A hard-packed <laughs> British passport. Perfect for disciplining Johnny Foreigner. I like what you've done here, Charlie, because you're essentially trying to fight Nick Griffin with <laughs> Nick Griffin. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that certainly gave me a lesson. I guess I'll be off. Oh, hooray! Percy, you have saved us! The end. 
Yes, that is the end. <laughs> I do hope to... Oh, yeah, because they're telling the story. <laughs> right, it's very confusing. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is the end. I do hope you like the telling of our tale, Grandmama. Yes, dear, it was delightful. Now hurry up, this, this ice cream will not last forever. Hurrah! The end. <laughs> Here in the UK, we're coming up on a general election and all the candidates have been talking about social care for the elderly and that kind of thing to try and grab the ever-increasing grey votes. So do we have any advice for politicians looking to win over the votes of the elderly? What they could do is um, leave a trail of Madeira cake from their, fr- <laughs> from their front door to the ballot box... Um, and just leave some crumbs <laughs> over the, your particular party's party. box. Yeah. It's what political analysts refer to as the Hansel and Gretel tactic. Maybe they could vary it up with a Battenberg. Um, <laughs> For your uh, pensioner with a little bit more pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that what Battenberg is? It's got that multicoloured wild streak to it. It's uh, it's like a punk in a sea of bankers. <laughs> <laughs> I think a Battenberg cake is the best um, sort of metaphor for a integrated multicultural society that I've ever seen as well. Yeah, it's you got... can be pink, you can be yellow, but no other colour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's fine. But you can nestle quietly on the shelf, uh, you know, next to a ginger Jamaican spice cake and... Uh, exactly. You know, all sorts. It uh... takes a lot of cakes to make a um, cake. <laughs> no, what's this phrase? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know where you're going with that. Cake and there's eat some it. sort of phrase. I mean, are you going with it? It takes all the colours to make a rainbow or something? Like, yeah, but, but it's kind of a mixture. Got, of it, it takes <laughs> lots of cake to make, and then there isn't a collective noun for cake. So basically, you've gone. <laughs> if I just change the intonation, it's fine. It takes a lot of cake to make. It takes a cake to make a fake. What does that mean? No, I'm just making sayings up. You know how, you know how babies just uh, say random syllables uh, before they can speak proper words. Yeah. Sometimes that's a little bit what you're like. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> you just say rhyming words until they make sense. <laughs> so go on then. Let's make up a new phrase. What was your idea? It takes a lot of cake to make a fake. Yes. <laughs> so what does that phrase mean? What it means is. Um, it takes a lot it's just self-explanatory Dan um, <laughs> I've got another one okay you cannot fake a cake on the make <laughs> what does on the make mean I've forgotten you can't make a cake without breaking a few laws <laughs> and that how, popular saying re- remind me how, how does this relate to our topic of the elderly <laughs> well <laughs> you raise a valid point you can't teach an old cake new tricks <laughs> there we go now we're back on the elderly <laughs> elderly cakes <laughs> cakes get better with age like, Do they? Like humans, but... No, fruitcake, and that's about it. Everything else gets stale and crusty. 
Like humans. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a cake, what cake would you be? If I was a cake, I'd be a Victoria Spenge. That's pretty boring. I think that you're is a bit very, more very boring. No, I wouldn't. Don't be so I'm modest. So lying. I'd never be a Victoria Spenge. I haven't got the abs. I haven't got the abs. Charlie, you'd be an old fruitcake. <laughs> How dare you? I, 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 I hate fruitcake. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, but you'd still be an old fruitcake. You'd be a self-loathing cake. Yeah. Your cake would just um, disintegrate into nothingness on, in, a, in its own pity. Well, that's... that's, that's <laughs> what a thing to say to a man. That certainly wouldn't be fruitcake, because that improves with time. It would be something more like a, a chocolate gato or something, which only spoils, you know, with time. It, it decays away as time marches ever onwards. That's, that's another saying. Um, you can't spoil a gatto on the plateau. <laughs> I like that you've got this idea that every saying has to rhyme. <laughs> what kind of what kind of cake would I be, Rich? I reckon he'd be a devil cake. Oh, a devil cake sounds sexy. That's one of the sexier cakes. I think he'd be a cake on the make. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. We're about halfway through the podcast now. We've gone off topic quite a lot so far. Um, I I don't think I've said anything about the elderly so far. Mainly about cake. Um, Dan and Charlie are just doing some prep. <clears throat> I'm just chilling out, really. I'm enjoying my new office chair I got from Ikea. Um, £65. It's called Werner. It's a bit like something you'd imagine Alan Sugar sitting in in his fat cat office. But uh, it's me in my room. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't do my prep with this happening. Send us an email whenever you can. I know you're really busy deleting your spam. Podcast at flag29.com Shut up, lolcat. Now, there's a website we've been alerted to called futureme.org. You may have seen this before. It's been around for a few years. Futureme.org. And basically what you can do, you can send yourself an email and that email will be sent to you a few years down the line whenever you decide. So we have written some letters to our future selves and we're going to send these letters and receive them. How old do you reckon, guys? How old do you think we'll be when we receive these emails? Hopefully we won't be dead. Um, yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I'm going with 80-something. 80. Okay, so we're going to receive these emails when we're 80. Uh, okay, Charlie, if you wanted to go for yours first. Dear Sir, I presume that's how you're addressed now, what with being awarded a KBE for services to entertainment. It's certainly a very full and productive life I planned for you to achieve. I'm hoping for the start of this turnaround, of the making of your fortune, was that moment last week when after three hours of watching people ineptly claim the water cooler was broken, you simply walked over and deftly flicked the switch. And I believe from there, you built a great future for yourself. You became a public-spirited figure and have become a great man. Thank you. You are an inspiration to me, and I remain indebted in my service to you. Your old chum, me. 
<laughs> what a self-congratulatory email that was. <laughs> it sounded like a wartime announcement. That's how I talk to myself in my brain. That, you can Charlie, s- you wish you were alive during the war, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been great. You can tell that guy writes plays. Okay, Rich, let's hear your letter to the future. Dear future me, so... <laughs> this is a bit awkward. How's it going? Seen anything good at the cinema lately? I just saw Avatar in 3D. Remember that one? It's a classic. I expect you're watching things in 6D now. <laughs> uh, but have you seen a film that surpasses Dodgeball yet? I doubt it. It's a timeless classic. <laughs> I was going to write something profound and meaningful, but all I could think of was... What is the current market value of Space Invader crisps? (laughs) (laughs) To date, they have managed to avoid inflation and have been 10p a pack for years and years. Do you have any children yet, or are you infertile? (laughs) Congratulations if you have, and commiserations if otherwise. (laughs) Do you remember doing these Flat 29 podcasts? Has it launched a successful career for you in media? In short, have you become a media mogul? I really hope you have. So, anyway, stay safe, don't get fat, and I'll see you in a few years. Bye! (laughs) Okay, and finally, this is my letter to the future. Dear future me, I'm writing to you to submit a formal complaint. I hold you personally liable for anything that's gone wrong in the intervening years between writing and receiving this letter. I demand compensation for the financial and emotional hardships I have no doubt suffered and will see your ass in court. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, I hope everything's going well in the dystopian wasteland you call the present and that you've managed to store enough non-perishable goods uh, to see you through the winter. If you're stuck, I've hidden a can of beans on the top shelf in the bathroom behind all the hair products you're pressured into buying by Pushy Barbers. They are Sainsbury's own brand, but uh, I'm told they age like a fine wine, so you should be okay. (laughs) Remember that moderately popular podcast you used to do? (laughs) No? You were compiling a kind of fictional book, but in the form of bi-weekly audio chapters. Well, the concept was never really adequately explained. Anyway, I'm sure that by now it's nothing more than digital ash lost in the wind of time. Either that, or it's still going, and you're almost certainly single, unemployed, and probably haven't left the house since this email was sent. (laughs) Either way, I hope this email finds you well, and that you're enjoying whatever kind of life you may or may not have. Have fun with that. Okay, thank you, bye, love from past Dan. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to pop those emails in the post, and they will reach us in about 60 years' time. We'll get back to you, and we'll let you know how that goes. Who's been getting in touch with us? Let's look at the letters page. Well, speaking of letters, why don't we take some listener letters? Oh, good idea. Let's do that. Good idea. Okay, now we've had a letter in this week from listener Nick, who says the following. Last week you suggested that the ideal packed item was a banana. I was shocked and surprised by this. Surely an apple represents the ideal packaged item where the packaging is both protective and edible. All the best, Nick. Guess which segment's up next? Charlie denounces the listenership. <laughs> yes, Mr Green, <laughs> yes it is. Well, the thing is, that email then suggests that I didn't do my research properly. And, uh, of course, you know, I did look into the humble apple as being a well-packaged item. 
He says that uh, an apple has a protective skin. To be honest, I don't know if you've ever seen an apple that's been dropped on the floor or, you know, in any way touched. But they really do mark very, very easily and, you know, it damages the fruit inside. They bruise a lot. And I, I would still say that the banana is a better packaged item because of that protection. Well, there you go, Nick. I hope you feel suitably denounced, but don't think of it as a bad thing. It's a privilege to be denounced by Charlie. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We also got an email from listener Mikey referring to the uh, contraceptive advice we were referring to in the previous podcast for pigeons. Basically, we were suggesting some ideas of some contraceptive advice for pigeons. Mikey, referring to this, says... Greetings. I work for a contraception company. The adverts on TV are speech bubbles, so they appeal to humans, pigeons and woodlice alike. So we just need a TV schedule with more pigeon appeal. Less Holby City, more Animal Hospital. I like it. What else would pigeons like to watch? Porn. <laughs> They're filthy bastards. They are filthy, um, aren't they? So if we just had a schedule filled with porn, uh, that would get the pigeons involved. And then the contraception advice would be needed excellent stuff there remember if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at podcast at flat29.com forward slash you can't fake a cake on the mic <laughs> send us an email podcast at flat29.com send us an email podcast at flat29.com send us an email podcast at flat29.com send us an email are you guys paying into your pension at the moment? Are you paying in pension funds? I am, yeah. I'm How do you feel about that? It's better than nothing. That's my, <laughs> that's my I view. personally resent being forced to look that far into the future and to be so fiscally responsible. In my job, basically, if you don't pay into your pension fund, then you have to pay loads more in national insurance, so you might as well pay into your pension fund. Boring. I want that money to spend on sweets and stuff. You're like Peter Pan. He didn't want to pay into his pension fund. <laughs> and now look at him. <laughs> look at him. He's just... Robin Williams. (laughs) Well, apparently our generation is facing a pension time bomb. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know entirely what that means, but it sounds terrifying. Yeah. So what are we going to do for money when we're old? I think I'm going to be a rapper, to be honest. (laughs) It's my fallback plan. I think rap's a fairly stable industry, so if I don't make it in whatever career I want to go into, rap is my fallback. And uh, yeah, it's a fairly stable industry, because when the recession hits, many businessmen went into rap, and that's why you Mm. see so many of them in the charts right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I really wish I could be an accountant. I just have to do some bloody raps. <laughs> uh, I'm just slamming it in the top 20. <laughs> will you join me? Will you be in my old man rap group? Yeah, I will. You down with OAP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's our first song. And it could be on the album Don't Mention My Pension. <laughs> Hi, my name is who? My name is what? My name is... I've completely forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit worried about the pension I've got at the moment because every year they send me a little letter telling me what I'd get. And one of the little sentences it says, which is quite depressing, is if you die now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to see a letter with that on it anywhere, do you? It's, al- it's already a downer, isn't it? If you die now, <laughs> it's like, okay, go on then. How are you going to turn this around? <laughs>
it says, you know, whoever your yeah. dependent or partner is will receive the sum of, and it was something like 30 grand or something. Really? So I'm gonna, it's almost worth it. I, I had that letter and it was just zero. It's like, you don't qualify for anything. <laughs> I may have misread it, but I'm definitely hiding that letter just in case anyone near to me thinks, I know, I'm going to pick him up. <laughs> I think um, they just assess you based on what you've done with your life. Rich yeah. is obviously clearly worth a lot. Charlie, <laughs> yeah. they've decided he's worth nothing. So I've, I've achieved nothing. <laughs> what a shocking indictment. Okay, so that was it. That was the Flat 29's Big Book of Everything, Chapter 12 on The Elderly. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the usual means, Facebook, email and Twitter. Find out on our website, flat29.com slash podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Flat 29, then why not go and listen to some of our previous chapters? Or if you wanted to go and listen to Friends of the Show, Colin and Matt's most recent episode of the Colin and Matt Show, their Where's Colin edition, then there's a small section on there with us as well. It's a really good show, so check that out on www.thecolinandmattshow.co.uk. So we should say a big shout out to everyone listening in on Error FM Channel 1 Personality Radio or on Net Radio UK, or if you've just downloaded the podcast from iTunes or our website. We will see you in two weeks' time with our next chapter, which will be about lies. Or will it? Yes, it will. Or will it? Uh, yes, it will. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Flat 29, big book of everything. Another topic down, a millions to go. We've covered that in enormous detail. There's nothing else you could possibly want to know. Download connection really slow. Download <laughs> connection, where'd you go? <laughs> That's like a uh, a seventies reggae song for the O tens. <laughs>